0: Are there any spiritual dangers or enemies to board gaming? And if so, what are they? On today's episode of Board Game Faith, the bi weekly podcast exploring the intersection of board games, religion, and spirituality, today we are opening the door on a brand new kind of episode here at Board Game Faith Board Game Faith AV Club. Where AV we consider, yeah, we're taking a look at a video online and entering into some conversation with it. Before we get to that, though, my name is Daniel Hilty. My name is Kevin Taylor. And Kevin, I am so grateful to get to be back with you. We, we skipped um, the last episode because of holidays here in our corner of the world. And I got to say, Kevin, I missed I missed getting to record an episode with you. I missed
1: you too, Daniel. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. We actually, as some of our listeners may know, we actually got to see each other, even though we didn't record an episode. You drove five thousand miles to it wasn't uh wasn't
1: quite that far.
0: Wasn't quite that far.
1: <laughs> 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 but it was almost a thousand. Uh well, to come I, see maybe a metric. I think in the metric, uh, which are called <laughs> Nanometers, I think. I think it was. No, the I, th- th- I think. In
0: yeah, I think by scientific notation it was nine point seven times ten to the twenty third. I think that you. Um, it was the number of. Uh, it was the number of atoms in a mole of. Yes. sodium chloride.
1: Yeah. Anyway. And that mole of sodium chloride is <laughs> safely in the University of Paris in a museum as a basis for. Th- studies.
0: That was that was. I think we're dive, delving into a, a deep cut of chemistry nerdiness here. But hopefully, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was so awesome and kind of you, Kevin, to come visit our family. Um, and uh, it was quite a drive for you. It was a couple day drive. To oh, get it here. was a
1: good adventure for me. So I needed well, to so Thank you. You guys were great hosts and got to see some of the country and see your home. And I got to see Arc Nova. That was really awesome. It was
0: so fun getting to play Ark Nova with you. Yeah, And Glenmore...
1: Was, Glenmore
0: 4? Two. Two.
2: 2. Glenmore
0: 2. Glenmore two, Glenmore 2. Glenmore 2, not quite as good as Glenmore 4. Glenmore 4 isn't out. I, I don't know if it's on the horizon, but uh, when right. it comes out, I'm sure it'll be better than Glenmore 2. But, yes. Uh, but it was... Better. That was fun. You, you beat me at Glenmore 2, even though it was your first game, and I played it many times. The awesomeness of Kevin Taylor shone through. I think I unintentionally cheated, probably.
1: That's the only way, because I, I never <laughs> win. I never win, and it's okay. No. I, no, I, it's, I it's, highlight it's, the experience. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> well,
0: and I know we also missed getting to um, hang out with our listeners, too. We missed getting to, to talk with uh, uh, you, our listeners, and getting to hear from you, mm-hmm. Um Thank you so much for, uh, for tuning into this episode. There's that tuning in word episode, uh, tuning in word again, Kevin, Tune that I need in. to find a better word for. But thanks for punching the button, clicking the button to listen. Uh, we miss hanging out with you, our listeners. And we hope that the last few weeks have been good for you, too. Um, we've heard from some of you online or through our newsletter or through social media. Um, so thanks for reaching out. And for those of you, um, whether we heard from you or not, we just hope the last um, few weeks have been good and that you got to spend it with folks you love and who love you. And that has been a good time. Mm-hmm. So. That's right. That's right. And today. So,
1: yes. In celebration of a holiday that is somewhat international, which is Christmas. International in the sense of there's all these cultural things like The country of Turkey likes Christmas, and so does Japan, so it's it's not always a religious holiday is what we're getting at. So it has this cultural component, Mm -hmm. and we thought we'd do something fun with that. And many people know the story of A Christmas Carol penned by Charles Dickens and he also innovated the metric system i believe he the metric system favors highly little known christmas fact carol. Little, little known fact, fact. yeah, yeah except it was based was 12 when he
0: first when he first developed <laughs> exactly. it exactly yeah.
1: keep going and sorry and he created some characters like scrooge and we thought we would do a skit daniel <laughs> and this yeah. skit we thought we would set a christmas carol with a bob dylan type character so the setting is 1950s 60s new york city Singer songwriter, mm. bar dives, musician culture, and Scrooge is a bit of a man whose life has passed him by, and he needs a visit from a kindly, beatnik ghost. Does that sound fair? <laughs> I I love it, Kevin. This this was this is <laughs> Kevin's fantastic idea, and I love it. Thank you, Kevin.
0: And 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 as always, as our listeners, longtime listeners may know, we have to culminate this in a clap, and the clap will right. uh, cue our, uh, our theme music and we'll officially get started, right? Yes, yes. Okay. If you
1: want the meeting part of the show, uh, you'll want to skip about eight minutes, but <laughs> I'm sorry. this is how we warm but. up. This is the prelude. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. This is our, this is our
0: silliness, although right. we get pretty silly in the other part, too. So, that's so great. a um, a uh, a disgruntled Scrooge-like um, rocker whose life has passed him by is that? Yes, that's so kind it's of where December how we're December twenty-fourth,
1: another okay. year, Christmas Eve. He's playing to a small crowd, gathered maybe twelve people or so, in this okay, okay obscure East End bar. Okay, here we go. <laughs>
0: christmas oh man i hate christmas oh man i hate christmas it
2: really irks me so you suck what was that
0: hey man if you had seen the things i'd seen you'd hate christmas too i used to have a good life I had all sorts of uh, money and I had all sorts of friends, but then they just left me. You know why? Because they care about things like love and family and friends and man, I just wants the money. And so I say it again. Oh, I hate Christmas. Oh. I hate Christmas. Oh, I said, oh, oh I hate Christmas. hate Christmas. It really annoys me so.
1: About 11 of the people in the audience are toe tapping at this point, shaking their heads. One man, disgruntled, stands up. Oh, I'd rather spend this Christmas with my ex wife and family. I'm out of here. And he stumbles <laughs> off into the darkness, two cigarettes in his
2: hand. <laughs>
0: Where you going, man? Fine, fine. You go try to find your holiday joy with wherever you want to go. You're not going to find it, man. It's only in the filthy lucre that you will find the joy you are seeking.
2: (laughs) But then suddenly.
1: Suddenly, the song ends. And Scrooge says, all right, it's time for a uh, set break. And he goes back into his dressing room. Which is really just the alleyway behind the the dive bar.
0: I'm going out to the back alley, guys. I'll see you in a little bit. I got to go nurture my my humbugginess. It's going out to the back alley. Going out. And then, oh oh my goodness. Get knocked over. There's a there's an ethereal, mysterious bright light. Suddenly, I'm from Georgia. I am no longer... I, I was no just longer. thinking that. <laughs> I'm the, uh, the The mysterious light has actually transported me to a different timeline where I've come from a different part of the country. Oh, I got to remember hey, that man. I... Hey, hey man. Christmas,
2: man. Dude. Uh, who is this specter in front of me? Dude, you don't remember me? Dude, no, uh, it's d- Marley, dude. We'd Molly, my man, no, no, say it ain't so, Molly. You, it's you, you, remember you died me? a long time ago. I, I did, I did, and I'm back to help you. Why, what? So, so, man, why, why are you back? Are you trying to? Are you, try, are you looking for more money from me? Because I gotta tell you, man, I have my money is my own. Money. You don't remember what happened, do you? I, I died. I, I died I, trying to help set up your musical review show. Oh. You know, I wondered you where forgot. you had gone to. I forgot about the whole death thing. <laughs> yeah, I remember that now, man. Funny you should bring up the death thing, man, because it's coming for you, too. Bruh. What? Bruh. I don't believe it. My money's going to keep me alive forever. Change your ways. I, I, I want to show you a vision. Okay. <laughs>
1: The scene changes to a mausoleum. There, we see the body of Eb Scrooge laid out. Not even no guitar in sight. No oh, boots. Oh man! <laughs> this ain't cool. What's my why are you showing me? They gave my why are, you,
0: why are you showing me this vision of a well manicured, dead Ebenezer Scrooge?
2: Man. This is this like so is what lies before you if you do not change your ways, man.
0: No, not man, groovy. no. What can I do to change my ways? That this is not... Is this future
2: set in stone? Is it certain? Or is there a way, man, that I can change it? There is a way. There is a way. It starts tonight on this hallowed eve. You must... Sing songs of love, peace, harmony. Suddenly, the uh, vision disappears, and
0: okay. Scrooge runs back into the, the bar, takes up the stool, and sings a very different song, though strangely similar to what before, as if he no, couldn't actually no play very anymore. many
1: chords. No pressure.
0: Oh, I love Christmas. Oh, I love Christmas. Hey, man. Oh, I love Christmas. It fills my heart with joy. Though that doesn't really rhyme, but that's okay because we're just going to sing about love for each other. Oh, I love you so because you are my bro and my sister, too, and my
1: (laughs) significant friend. Suddenly... It's as if the audience is transformed. They huddle up and put arms around each other. They, too, start moving and jamming and singing. And they sing a little song like this. We love
0: Christmas and love Christmas. and peace and joy. And love and Everybody. Christmas, <laughs> yo. And everybody, I think we should end with a clap. You ready? One, two, three, man. Ready? Now clap.
1: Okay, that was pretty weird.
2: (laughs) That was that was horrible. That was great. That was great and horrible. But I
1: tried to do the audience singing. I meant the audience were joining you, but then you just watched me sing. (laughs) (laughs) You just left me out there. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) Well, you didn't know. Like I was that was in my mind the picture that either you knew or either you didn't know and you didn't. I mean, how could you? Or you knew, and you just wanted to watch me squirm. <laughs> I did not. I, I, I won't say. I won't
0: say which one it was. I, uh, and we I think all gather.
1: Go ahead, Kevin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think we should praise our listeners, because uh, at this point, you're either just joining us, or you have uh, endured the skit. If you're just joining us, you're such a wise audience for skipping over the skit if you're just if you have endured the skit you're such a gracious audience for having endured the skit but either way our mm-hmm. listeners we are That's grateful right.
1: for your um, we uh, for being with us
0: sorry uh, you it's know like surprise seven, night
1: live meets whose line is it anyway with no planning yeah. writers or budget
0: with exactly exactly yeah. it may come as a surprise to our listeners but we actually had not practiced that at all <laughs> 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 no thank you thank you for listening everybody yes, that we thank uh, you. appreciate your putting up with our silliness so um, so Kevin um, you had the uh, the great idea for today's episode um, uh, our first uh, edition of the uh, board and faith um, audio video club so would you mind just telling telling us a little bit about your thoughts for today's episode. Where are we coming from? Yeah,
1: so I, you know, YouTube is such an interesting playground and at some point this video popped up kind of randomly. Uh, You may know you can turn on or off that autoplay feature. So I think this somehow, I usually leave autoplay off, but this video, somehow I got turned back on or toggled back on. This video was sort of playing and I let it play and then at a certain point I was doing something else. I don't remember. Some sort of email or terrible thing like that and the video i got pulled in because i found it so interesting this is from the dice tower which is a major youtube network video video videos about board games so they do all sorts Mm -hmm. of top 10 reviews and they're very well known and they had as a guest the wonderful rodney smith who runs a separate youtube channel called watch it played so they had rodney smith on Yes, also about board games. Yes, yeah, so these yeah, are—it's yeah. kind of like NBC and ABC Sports getting together to discuss ho- ice hockey, which I think is a sport that involves a net and a puck, and trying to get I, high points. I think
0: that's right, and I think also um, there's there's a uh, there's a
1: broom. There's a broom involved. Yes. Yeah. So and, we have these two like different uh, YouTube. Schools of—I shouldn't say schools, but two two different studios, kind of on YouTube, yeah. home, you know, studios, and they are discussing the enemies of gaming. And on there is Tom Bassel and Zeke Garcia of the Dice Tower, and then Rodney Smith, and it was just so much fun to watch them together and sort of tease each other and play along and and rip on Rodney some um, because he's sort of a giant in the how-to video world you can go back and watch videos he made like 15 years ago with his kid in the basement i think it's the same basement almost they just keep updating it i didn't know that he's yeah it's pretty neat i remember watching some of his older videos he really uh, yeah
0: just just a second that the dice tower is a great youtube network um certainly responsible in my life for getting me into the Hobby a lot more than what than what I was, but Ronnie Smith, his channel, watch it played, and he also has other correspondents as well. Certainly, you're right. I mean, just kind of the such an extraordinary resource for learning games. There, there was mm-hmm. a, a father and son in our church board game group just a week or two ago. He's um, they were really interested in learning Pandemic, playing Pandemic, the game, the board game. Uh, actually, thanks to you, Kevin, because they had heard yes. you talking about it on the podcast and how much it, it, it meant to you. And uh, that was what I recommended to them. I said, I said, hey, there's this. It, check out mm-hmm. this Rodney Smith video on Watch It Played on how to play Pandemic. And it's a great way to learn that game and so many other games as well. So both of those yeah, YouTube they, yeah, channels yeah, no, are really right. great.
1: And that's my yeah. favorite way to learn is Rodney Smith or a different channel because, I don't know, manuals are tricky for me to read. And I get, you know, what is this component? And you're shuffling to find things. Yeah. And if there's a video, they can demonstrate. They demonstrate visually, and it's pretty great. Yeah. So the yeah. Dice Tower is known for having lists. And this was this video is a top ten list about enemies of board gaming. So enemies of the hobby, of, of hobby board gaming. And so they did a top ten list. There's three of them. So they really had 30 items that they listed. But, and, and famously, they don't know what each other are going to list there was some crossover so i thought i'd give you a top five list highlights of their top 30 list does that make sense we're going meta people and it's not a vr headset this is a (laughs) list of a list and and so the top five of the top 10 which is really a top 30 of enemies challenges to board gaming Almost like maybe almost like spiritual dangers we might say here on the on on our podcast maybe or yeah, I think or, that's how we want to frame it so and and that's what struck me is that they get into that and somewhat unintentionally that they do list yeah. all sorts of things like bad manuals or or finding time. so some of them are they have a much more uh, wide range, but w- at this podcast we want to focus on things that help us make sense of ourselves spiritually. Whatever yeah. that means. That's a broad statement. But.
0: And, Kevin, I'm sure if people want to actually watch the entire video, I, I, I'm sure there will be
1: a link to that in our show notes as well. Good point. Yeah, there will be a link down below. Um, or Of course, you can always just search YouTube, Enemies of yeah. Gaming, I imagine. But we'll have a concrete list down below and encourage you to watch it. Um, so here we are, my top five list. Ready? Number five, finding other gamers, committed gamers, or common schedules. Mm -hmm. Has this been a challenge for you, Daniel? To create a gaming group? Yeah, it
0: certainly has. It certainly has. Um, That's a great insight um, uh, from them, the challenge of getting to find other people to play games with you. Um, You know, I'm blessed with uh, a very patient, wonderful family. Um, And, you know, so I... um, when I was first getting into this hobby, probably about six years ago now, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> Kristen, um, I'm I'm Kristen's husband, and uh, and our you know our kids would would very kindly play some games with me, you know. But after a while, you know, it wasn't just it wasn't their thing like it was my thing, and and you know they kind of, it's not fair to them to ask them all the time, hey, you want to play another game tonight, you know, and uh, and so I think I I came up against that question I think like a lot of gamers do pretty early on you know well how can how can I find others interested I'm grateful that my job is such that I was kind of able to to use my job to find others mm-hmm. as listeners to this um, podcast have known um, we're both pastors and I am I, I, um, I at the last few churches I've been at uh, over the last six years, I have started board game groups in the churches um, selfishly to get folks to play games with me. But then there have been some really nice added benefits, I think, to the larger church, and the larger congregation that we'll talk about in some other episode. But yeah, um, no, that's a
1: planned episode for 2023 is. Yeah. How, yeah. You how, how about, about you? Has that been a challenge that? for you? It definitely has. And I had a similar journey of getting excited and sort of roping family in and at first they were okay with it and they went with some of the games but and this gets into some of the later uh, parts of this list is is trying to walk that line of inviting people but not strong arming them because it's yep. real easy to sort of push people to play games that maybe they don't quite want to play and and Sometimes someone will like a game, they they do have to be strongly encouraged. So there is a little bit of a place of a light push, but there's also a place of not expecting or guilt tripping or or just being okay with letting someone pick a different game than you want. Because if you're really into games, like you and I are, we want to play the hot you thing. Right. So my wife, Jenny, has a comment about, oh... I'm learning a new game. That means I'll never play this game again because <laughs> then I'll just want to try a different game because yeah, I yeah. enjoy learning the mechanisms and seeing how it works. And I, she doesn't share that. She likes yeah. the game, but she also is not into learning the new game. So yeah. finding other gamers that are I, like you <clears throat> that want to play similar things and finding schedules is really hard, especially they have families and kids doing swim team and other stuff or whatever.
0: Absolutely. And I th- I think that relates to a couple other kind of um, adjacent matters as well. I, th- I think one is, you know, um, f- folks um, are wired. We're all wired differently in different ways, of course. I think there are some people who find joy in learning new rules, you know, who just yes. love that process of I, I think I suspect you and I are probably saying that both that way. I love opening up a new manual, reading instructions, learning rules. And there are, are others their joy is not in learning new rules. Their joy is after having learned the new rules, um, then seeing what that space has to offer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I I hear that sometimes from others that, you know, for them, the worst part is learning a new game. And they just want to, they want to play games that they know already because that's where the real joy comes from, you know, spending time with a game you already know. Um, And the other thing it brings me up is just, I think we have a, maybe an episode about this next year too. Um, it brings up issues of solo gaming you know so there a lot of board games are made for, with solo modes these days um, and I think we have an episode playing next year for like spiritual benefits of solo gaming, but that's just you know that, that is that is one way that sometimes people at least partially address some of these issues if, if you know trying to mm-hmm. if, if you can't find someone to play with. there
1: are a lot of good games out there with solo modes as well yeah and you really want the really chunky mm-hmm brain burner type game maybe that's a solo game and then if you want the chunky brain burner social type experience then you go to a board game store or you look on the internet or you just slowly try to introduce or find people that have that same bent but but as you're saying not everybody has that I, I, yeah. some people the minute you discuss a new game they just wilt or they get tired and and yeah. knowing that knowing and respecting those boundaries and and by wanting to grow the hobby and bring in new board gamers, we've got to we've got to recognize people for who they are. Yeah, yeah. And and what what floats their boat, which may be something different. Yep. So yeah, yep. a real challenge in many people, and I see this on there's some Reddit forums and others that they, they just they buy games that they can't ever play because they yeah, don't have yeah. a group. Uh, yeah. And then other people have developed a group that has stood the test of time. So it is tricky. There's not one yeah. single answer.
0: And but a house of worship one, is
1: a starting place and a board game Yeah, store. yeah. There yeah. are places to start.
0: Yeah. One other related matter that, that I just forgot about, <clears throat> I'm sorry, to, to this point about finding other gamers that I th- that Rodney Smith made in this video is just the importance of um, representation, uh, both in games and in game groups. And I, I think that's just such a great point, you know, that, that mm-hmm. the more you can make games and game groups um, diverse in their representation... The more that really is just good for everybody, you know. The mm-hmm. more people can see themselves in games, or see themselves in a group, um, the more the more welcoming that is to people. That's right. You know, and so why it's just it's it's important to and to to, to seek a diversity of representation in all things because it's just an act of welcome and hospitality.
1: Yeah. Yes, we're all drawn yeah. to characters and people and images that are like us. That's just yeah. I think hardwired, and yeah. we. Which doesn't mean we can't appreciate people that are very different from us yeah. Yeah. In, in depictions. But but having various imagery and storylines are going to bring in different people, attract different people. And so part of this is observation. What do people get into? It's also what the game is like. Some people love a good alpha gamer, roll the dice, smash and grab, laugh, right? Sort of a, a very combative style. Other people want a Euro-type style. So knowing what people like and learning to play those different games and adjusting your own taste to maybe what your group wants because is it better to get to play a game maybe you don't want to play or not playing any games? Right, and, exactly. And the hard yeah. truth is sometimes you're going to have to let go of your own ego for what you want. Or as you yeah. said, save that for a solo game. Yeah, yeah. Or a different group, having multiple groups. So yeah, number five, right, it's right. much trickier uh, and that's a pro- It's trickier than it's seems on uh, up front and especially probably today we find board games through the internet and so it kind of starts out somewhat of a solo adventure, Mm -hmm. I dare say Mm -hmm. like we find it on YouTube or we find something at Target and we buy a game and we get into it so it tends to start solo and then we have to find we end up looking for others that have the same taste and some people just don't like board games at all, they just don't they just wilt yeah,
0: and like you it. said, I think we'll be getting into that later on the list too. But it's a, it's an excellent point. It's an excellent
2: yeah, it point. Is, it that is that <laughs> just number four.
1: Wondering. If I if I get the energy,
2: I should do some cool number video. four. Number four. Number That's, four, man. Number four is FOMO.
1: FOMO, which is fear of missing out. How's this play out, Daniel?
0: Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know, the fear of missing out is certainly a phenomenon that uh, exists not just in the board game hobby. You know, we, we I think we um, most of us in the Western world, I think, are driven to some extent by the fear of missing out. I, mm-hmm. I, I I'm not an economist, but yeah, I think part, partially kind of our our, our um, the the system of uh, of of. Um, uh, the consumerism economy that holds us all to together in the Western world is built on fear of missing out. You know, it's not so much things that we actually need, but we just want things that everyone else has. It's kind of, it's what what consumerism is largely built on. I'm not saying that's good, but it's, it's it is what it is. Right. And so, yeah, so fear of missing out in um, in board games is certainly uh, a, a reality. You know, this is where you hear about this hot new board game. Um, you you discover That your friend has this awesome new game and is like, I really want this game, right? And so you're always kind of wanting to get to get more and more and more. One of the things that Tom Vassell mentioned on that video was a turning point in his life when he realized in his board game life, when he realized that his collection was more about the number of board games he had versus like whether he actually had good games that he enjoyed and mm-hmm. and i th- I thought that was a really good way to frame it, you know, this idea that um, is it about is it about the number of games you know so I could say oh i've I've got six thousand board games, and i've you know, and most of them are I've really never played or never will play, or is it just that or is it more about you know, I think I've got maybe a hundred games or so hundred fifty out of it. but um these are all games that I really love, you know, and I, and I really, and, and they give me a lot of joy, you know? And so is it, is mm-hmm. it, I thought that was a helpful distinction, you know, is it, is it more about kind of the bragging rights for the number or is it, is it about something else? Is, is it about having games yeah. that yeah, bring joy right. in life to you and your loved ones? Yeah. How yeah, about you? Um, do you,
1: do you struggle with throw, career missing out? Absolutely. And it's so hard because the Dice Tower um, itself and Board Game Geek, which is a very uh, popular website, they all push hot new games. And it's in their interest to do that because they need something to talk about, and it gets people yeah. excited about board games. The system doesn't really work if we just keep playing the same old games over and over. So they, they, that doesn't bring new creators in. It doesn't give them something to to, to, to preview and discuss. The problem is it does encourage us to think, oh, if I don't get this game, I'm going to miss out. Yeah. And it works with Kickstarter, which is what funds often a lot of board games. And it it builds this excitement. I had a weird experience with this recently. I just kickstarted a few games this, I guess it was last year. And there's a lot of buzz around one called ISS Vanguard. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they started releasing it. I'm like, this is cool. I finally get to see it happen. What I did not realize is that somehow when I backed it, I didn't pay for Wave 1 shipping or something. So I've got a whole Ooh. nother year To wait on the game. (laughs) No
2: way. (laughs) I I didn't know that was a thing.
1: Yeah, I didn't either. There was something about the shipping. I don't quite remember it. But I have been like almost like checking the front porch and excited starting to watch videos. And I just thought, okay, here's a lesson here. And they didn't do anything wrong. It was all in there. Well, I will say they did this one thing wrong. When I signed up a year ago, it said that at the bottom. But in a year, I'd forgotten. So it'd been nice sure. to get a little reminder of, "Hey, you're a wave two. We know you're excited. Just yeah, yeah, give it a year." Interesting. But it, it was a lesson that uh, sometimes that fear of missing out—I don't know. You watch these things, you want to get behind it, but the truth is, it's backorder. You're not going to get it. it. It's it's much more fun to go to the board game store, find a game you're excited about, buy it, bring it home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, versus the whole internet mania where you don't feel like you're spending money because you put it on Kickstarter credit card and it, then you kind of forget about it. I don't know. Right. There's definitely a fear of missing out on experiences or a collection because board games are art, but it's a strange kind of art because it's art we play. So yeah. do you want it pristine? Or in some ways, it's the more worn it is, the more loved it's been. Kind yeah, of like a like Bible, a good sometimes animal. Christians. Yeah, yeah good stuff to animal or like your Bible. Like, like should the Bible be in great shape or should it be messed up and even have notes written in it and, yeah, and things yeah. underlined? Um, it, yeah, it, re, it reminds
0: me of. Um, I'm sorry, Kevin. Did I interrupt you? Are you wanting to? You did not. Okay, all right. It reminds me of you know something we've talked about before. What mathematicians talk about. Um, uh, in terms for algorithms, in terms of exploit versus explore, and 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 both of those are kind of very cold, sterile words, um, and they maybe, and I, I don't think they have to be. But this idea of you know in mathematics and algorithms, and and this idea between exploit versus explore is you know we only have a limited amount of energy, so what are we going to do? Are we going to spend it constantly exploring? In other words, finding new things. Or are we going to exploit, which sounds like a horrible mm-hmm. word. But but mathematically what it means is is enjoying the things you already have, enjoying the things you already know. And, and it seems to me like in terms of kind of spirituality, there are some lessons about just growing in love in that too. You know, that I, I think if there is undeniably a certain kind of, you know, a thrill and, and value. Of you know, um, going through life, wanting to explore new things, uh, try new things, meet new people—all of that. But I also think there is a uh, a kind of depth of love that only mm. comes with saying, "I am going to, I'm going to stick by these people and these things that have." been in my life from the beginning, you know what I, you know what I mean or just kind of yeah, and yeah. and sometimes those are unhealthy relationships and we need to get out and all that stuff I'm not saying there are always caveats and exceptions I'm not saying sticking within you know somebody who's abusive or hurtful or things like that but what I'm just what I'm there is there's is a certain kind of less there's a certain kind of um there's certain kinds of lessons of love and depths of love that only come I think with um with the side that says. Uh, this mm-hmm. that stick with this over years and generations and decades, you know? And, and I, yes. I think there's something to do that. I, I find that in board games, too, you know, that I'll, every now and then I'll go back to uh, like an old board game that I've had for a long time. And it's like, oh, I forgot how much I love this. I forgot, mm-hmm. you know, what a, mm-hmm. and, and I'll, find, I'll discover a new depth of interest in this game. um, coolness about this game or mechanism that I wouldn't have discovered if I only played it one or two times and then set it aside. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Uh, So, yeah. That's just another thought. Yeah, no, definitely.
1: Less is more which is a message of the ancient Epicureans and Stoics and and finding joy in less. The more games you own, the more mental weight, the more Kalax bookshelves, the more money. Uh, There's all sorts of problems with buying games and then you have to track them and You probably need a system of getting rid of some at some point, so then you have to decide which ones to get rid of. In some ways, you'll be very happy just getting a couple of really good games and sticking with it. But but, if you love... The thrill of the new. If you love unwrapping, if you love new mechanisms, I think that's totally fine. You just want to try to find a balance. And again, balance. by supporting this, we we encourage more people to come in. They need us to buy their games. Otherwise, I mean, they got to buy shoes too. Like they they can't. Yeah. yeah. This this system does nothing is free, and so by we do want to support our stores and buy games, but we want to stay in budget and we want to be. I don't know. It's very it's very tricky. Because you want, I want to be rational, but a lot of this is not rational. It's very yep. irrational. It's like oh, I'm you're right. get I get this game right now, and then it's so much fun. And then later, is. I have that memory of remember when we bought this game, I like, and then we yeah, didn't even know yeah. what it was, and it was fun. Like, yeah, and then it sits on my shelf, and I get that memory. I love that.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. There there's nothing wrong with. With either, it's, I think you're right. I think it's just kind of realizing there's value in both, and and both are needed, and and there's there's a balance. in right. both. I mean, having just said all the stuff about the importance of rediscovering our old games, you know, uh, we're getting ready to we're both out of the Christian tradition. We're getting ready to celebrate Christmas uh, here in our household. And honestly, you know, when my wife, dear wife Kristen, asked me what I wanted for Christmas, I gave her a list of new games that I would love to have. <laughs> exactly. So you know, so I I I, I am. I am certainly as much in right. the uh, category
1: of wanting new games as anybody. Because so, yeah, yeah. Jesus was born on this earth to ensure that we get more games.
2: <laughs> <Exactly>. that's, <laughs> that's right. What, what better way of celebrating the birth
1: of our Savior? Than, yeah, exactly, than getting new games. Right. But while you're that's at right. it, uh, I, I, there are some games. who I want to know what's on your list, but I'm afraid it'll get us off track. But I'm very curious. Well, know, this offline, would be I would good. Hear this yours a good response. Too. What do you think's on Daniel's list? Besides replacing Arc Nova, which I stole from him.
2: <laughs> Is that where
0: it went? I've wondered where it was. I I wondered what that massive can, box was under your shirt when you were leaving. I just I thought exactly, it was a— uh, Exactly,
1: exactly. It's, it's not a sin because I confessed it to a priest, although I'm not Catholic, so I don't think it worked. But I tried, and I feel better about it. Because it's, I, I think that's what counts. The priest said I it was okay. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. just feel better. <laughs> I did not steal this game, but it was <laughs> cool. It was cool. But now, here's the weird bit for me: I still want to buy it, but part of it, I wanted to learn about it, and now I've already played it, so now it's in a weird category of my mind of it's not exactly new.
2: So yeah, that yes, sense. yes. And I've encountered very, that before too. Just, it's so yes. strange.
0: Yes, But that's yes, good. But that's my, good
2: because I don't, maybe I don't need to buy it. Yep. Maybe yep. I don't need to
0: sometimes if yeah. I learn someone else to play a game on someone else's copy suddenly it's not quite as appealing to me anymore yeah I I, I know what you're saying yeah
1: what yeah. is oh, the human mind number yep. three the social contract Rodney Smith kept going back to this and it's so interesting he's getting on this idea I think of just being aware of it's both manners and also that you've kind of entered a situation where you need to respect others abil- abilities and and General etiquette manners of not complaining that you lose all the time, even though I did that earlier in the episode. But not being a sore loser, not crushing people. If you're much better at a game, just you know, it's, it, being better at a game is often you just have more experience with it. That's not a fair reason to crush right. people in a game, just based on your experience. Especially if they're new to the game, the first time you play it is just, you don't know what's going on. So trying to try to respect the game, respect the other people at the table, not be distracted by cell phones, not too impatient, not too keen on winning, but not too worried about looking stupid and losing, which I think is a great spiritual gift of board games. Can you lose and admit you lost and you messed up? And also it's just a game. Like right. I think it's such a valuable lesson. Cuz right. sometimes our anxieties and fears are about something that hasn't happened. And yep. one way to deal with that is to actually have it happen and realize you survived.
0: Yep. Yep. No one laughed at you for losing the game or right. you're not a horrible person for losing the game. You're not a
1: horrible person. Yeah. Right? Exactly. No um, one's questioning
0: so your intelligence or your yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: No. No, or you can be super intelligent and you just missed something. Like exactly. it was a matter of attention, and it also may mean that you took a de- you, you took a respectable amount of time on your turn. They brought this up a lot on the list, which is people that take too long on their turns. So yeah. that can be a spiritual danger that you you, you don't want to make a mistake. You have to win. You have to be a hundred percent sure about your moves. That is creating an atmosphere where people are really bored or frustrated. So you take your move, and maybe you messed up, maybe you lost the game. If it's a Euro game, you lost the game in round 10 of 20.
0: Right, right.
1: That's all it takes, and that's one reason why I I hate, I don't hate, but I love Euro games, but they frustrate me, because there's often no coming back.
0: And Euro games, Kevin, for those those listeners who might not be familiar with Euro games, what they when tend you say you're
1: yeah they're based more on resource management
0: yeah it's less about eliminating your your competition and
1: more about yeah just it's less luck and less about the competition it's more about taking very effective moves and so if yeah. you overpay for something early on in the game you won't have the resources later to do things so it's very much a question yeah. of timing and yeah. and they, it tends to cascade it's a it's they're great but they can be very frustrating it's um often a lot to keep in your head yeah and um, accepting the fact that you've probably already lost the game but just keep playing just to see yeah. what happens yeah. or maybe maybe others will equally mess up yeah. um, but but the mistake is is wanting to take perfect turns and then it's not fun because because you are taking twice as long as everyone else so part of the social right. contract is Am I taking my turns in line with everyone else? Yeah.
0: That that Absolutely. phenomenon of taking too long is sometimes referred to in the hobby as, as analysis paralysis.
1: If yes, hears, that's right. Here's that. Or AP. Paralysis. Yeah, here's that. Which everyone you know, will I, feel at some point, especially a new game, it's very normal. But it, yeah, you know, if you yeah. get it, then you're just like, I'll just do this. Let's see what happens. Right, yeah. Just a game. Yeah. It's just Once the worst to happen, I'll lose. That's okay. I'll, I'll yeah, lose. I'll yeah. lose. And then I'm guess what? I'm going to eat yeah. pizza. Like everyone that's gets right. pizza at the end. It doesn't matter. That's right.
0: And then the next time I play this game, I'll know a little bit more about it. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, it reminds. I think that's an excellent point. It reminds me a little bit of um, what we talked about in episode nine for our listeners if you want to go back and listen. It's called "Is Winning the Point," mm-hmm. uh, you know. And I, and I think one of the one of the things we discussed in that episode is that I think it's, it's kind of is is winning as a means or winning as an end, uh, right. uh, as an like, and I. I think sometimes we get ourselves in trouble when we confuse means and ends in games that and in life too. But you know, I think it's coming to see winning in a game not as the end of the game, not as the goal of the game, but as the means to make the game happen. Right? That for for mm-hmm. and we talk about this again in episode nine. But you know, the the for a game to to work, we have to try to win. Yes. But that's not the goal of the game, right? You know, the goal of the game is something bigger and greater and more beautiful than that. It's, it's to spend time with people. It's to have fun with um, this beautiful little piece of art in front of us. It's to engage in you know, to think creatively about problems. Winning is winning the end or is winning the means? And, 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 right, right. and I think, you know, the point of what a lot of people say is, is winning is the structure you have to have for a game to hold together but ultimately, it's not the point of the
1: game. Is that correct, kind of correct? I, I, no, that's absolutely right. Yeah, and yeah. and and yes, yes. That there's this weird irony that that for the game to work, we have to try to win. But yeah, it um, it it has to be a balancing act, and it of of it's more about the experience of playing. Right. right. And and nobody. Yeah, and and creating an atmosphere either of fear that you're not going to win or that you always have to win. Those are not conducive to the game. Uh, There's a great bit in the video, Z Garcia, in in the video, the YouTube video, he's like, hey, if you really want to play a game and win, just sit in the corner with a D6, a six sided die and roll it. And if it's one to three, you win. And if it's four to six, you lose. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like if you just want to play a game and win it, you just sit in the corner and roll dice. So the point of this game is not just to win, it's to create something magical with others exactly exactly, exactly. And, and, and it's exciting for someone to win and it's exciting to see others get better at it and eventually win over time so when you and I played Art Nova I expected you to win and you did win and I expected to lose but you helped me learn it and a few times I had analysis paralysis and I, and I said what should I do and you gave me helpful advice you did not tell me what to do unless I asked for it as I recall oh like you let no. me make my own choices, but a few times I was like, I, "I'm not sure what I should." And you kind of like, "Well, you could do this," and then I would just do it because um, I was still learning the game.
0: Sure. And I sure. had a great time, yeah.
1: and I had a. And what what made it good is I had a few great moves, and I was like, "This was cool." I still you lost, did. which is fine. Somebody's got to lose, but there are a few moments where something. I, I I had some good moments. That's one nice thing with the Euro game is you'll you'll hopefully always have some moments in it where you feel like, good job. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. also, I just got to see what a great game it is. So And you, and you yeah. taught me that. And I, was like, I ah, love
0: seeing your delight in that ball. game. You were just, you were, like, every other move. you were like, oh, this is such a great game. And, and <sighs> I agree. I saw I, the
1: it's like a watch I saw the cogs how they fit yeah. together yeah yeah, that's great okay. now I gotta go buy it <laughs> you know I, no, I you know what I know it is I mean, it's the theme I just love space and I love all that kind of esoteric Star Wars type stuff and it's the theme that I think holds me back Oh oh you mean I in see, terms you're of buying sorry in terms the of theme, buying like the only reason the theme i of a I'm zoo and is,
0: animals doesn't appeal yeah, to you is what you're saying Well,
1: yeah. it doesn't i mean i like it's fine i like it i just think if it had aliens on it i would have probably bought two coffees already
0: yeah what if it's, it's like a space
1: zoo oh, a space zoo with aliens and laser guns and robots and ai i, I it's just stupid it's just packaging but yeah that's i would that's i would
0: me. go to a space zoo maybe that could be the the sequel or ark nova mm-hmm. in space Arc Nova in space. <laughs> you know, I I wonder, not not to not to spend too much time on this point either, but I, I wonder, you know, this thing about winning and focus on winning and winning is means and ends and things like that. I, may, I mean, it just makes me wonder, and we can't figure it all out right now, of course, but it just makes me wonder kind of what spiritual implications or lessons there are for that, too. Just, you know, just enlarge your life, too. Just kind of this, you know, a posture of. I, you know, I don't know, I, you know, for life to work, for society to work, you know, I, we all have to try our best. That's kind right. of that's kind of doing our best as a means versus feeling like the point of life is to be the best, you know, then that's making that kind of the ends. I don't know. Anyway, I, 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 I haven't really thought through all of that, but I just wonder mm-hmm. what spiritual parallels there are to that lesson from games that winning is a means and not an end.
1: Um, no, I, I think I, don't know. I think you're quite right, and I, it makes me think how we want to have the best life possible, but ultimately you are going to die. We're all gonna die. So right, it, it right. kind of keeps it in check, the whole yeah. idea of this life is a means to an end. Yeah. Yeah. Like we should hopefully maximize joy and make the most of it, but but the end doesn't change. Yeah. Yeah. Which is mortality. And I know that's grim, but but it also makes life sweet, and of course, it's just it how it it, it we can't deny it. I mean that that yeah. would be worse. So it, it simply is the world the way the world is. It reminds me of our friend Ali Karar's comment that in the Quran it that it describes how life is a game. This world is a game, and I think yep. that's a very healthy, interesting way to think of it. Yeah, yeah, it's a game. Yep. I, lo- I love that. And, I and love that. Too. All yeah, games so end. Grateful and all yeah, no, that's really haunted me. And, and he's going to be back, and we're excited. I'm excited to hear from Ollie yes, again. Yes, yes. Yes, that's number three. Number two, and number three, they include some bits, the social contract of respecting other people's property. They get into some funny bits about eating at the table and not tearing up cards and things. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. Um, uh, yeah, but number two is an interesting complement to number three, which is, social tolerance so despite the contract that we're under which is we should be mannered and take our turn and and try not to be on our cell phone and try to win there's a there's a bit of we need some cushion and some grace because number three can be cruel and unfair because there may be something going on in your life and you do need to check your cell phone or respond to it or yeah, maybe yeah. you're really tired and you're going to take longer turns. so this this was the great line, Rodney Smith. I even wrote it down. He said, the gift of this hobby is to learn to be better people. Yeah and we learn yeah. better people by balancing law and grace or social contract and respect along with forgiveness. And it's yeah. about in mercy as well. And he comments that video games don't do this. I never thought about that. But video games, you can always find someone else to play online or you can just be whatever person you want. But when you sit at a table with other people in a board game, not a video game, but when you're at a board game, you really have to. Has to be some grace there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You're in the physical embodied presence mm-hmm. of another person. Yeah, I, 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 this is one of the first things you mentioned about this video and why it meant so much to you. That quote from Ronnie Smith about, the, you know, the, this hobby at its best helps us to learn to be better people. And I just think that's such a great insight. You know, that, that is the, the gift of that's, that's said so well. You know, just this mm-hmm. idea that if games are practice at life skills, maybe the, the ultimate practice that games give us are, is the practice of how to live gracefully with each other, you know, and how, how yeah. to be with each other. And be present to yeah. each other. Yeah. Yeah. I love I, that.
1: Right. I do too. Yeah. I, I love it too. That, that you want to, we want our games to be in good shape and people respect it, but we also have to live with the fact that it's just a game and people matter more than games. Which I know yeah. is crazy talk, but <laughs> from a gamer. What? What? Yeah,
2: what? I think exactly. I think
0: that's another podcast. I think that's, I the, that's the people are more important than games people podcast.
1: Yeah. Uh, here, here. And then the num- right. number one interesting <clears throat> comment that several of of the people in the video had was the hardest, the biggest obstacle to board gaming is board gamers. Mm-hmm. It's actually ourselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When we are too impatient, we're too controlling, we force others to play the games that we like and not that they like. The fact that not everyone is a gamer. So we got into this a little bit earlier, but be just being self-aware of, the, of who we are and what we expect. And um, expectations, our expectations get in the way as, as well, that we expect that perfect game or perfect game experience or rec- recreating a perfect game experience And strangely, the perfect that's an example of where the perfect becomes the enemy of the good. That we are so focused on some kind of magical experience that we can't just enjoy games. So, Rodney Smith gave an example early on of being at a board game convention and looking for the right game to match his mood. And he only got to play one game that day but a friend of his just played whatever game was in front of him and he played like 10 new games (laughs) so again the perfect's the enemy of the good where we have Mm. expectations or or just who we are ends up preventing ourselves from enjoying games which is the whole reason we're into it that we want our games to be in sleeves or we have to have the right collection or we have to have what instead of just enjoying it yeah what are your thoughts i love i love I love that idea of the perfect is the enemy of the good
0: i, I hadn't thought of it in those terms that's so well said um yeah yeah no and and you know another aspect of that that especially spoke to me that that idea of enemy of gaming is gamers or danger is that 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 sense also of as you were saying of us feeling like um that everyone has to everyone has to be like us too, you know, like in the, in, in, in terms of, yeah, in, in, terms of gaming, um, that was a point that made that especially, I think kind of spoke to, spoke to me, um, uh, there's, there's a quote I heard somewhere that I tell people jokingly, I mean, but it's, it's horrible, but I, I say it as a, as a joke, but it is a horrible thing, which is somebody will come to me and they'll say, oh, Daniel, I just don't like games. I don't like board games. It's not me. And uh, I don't really believe this, but my, my response sometimes has been to share this quote, which is, well, you know, there are two types of people in the world, those who love board <laughs> games and those who haven't found the right board game yet. Right, you know, and, right. And, and, and on the one hand, ha, 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 you know, that's funny. But on the other hand, that's kind of a, that's not, that's kind of a not a very nice thing for me to say. You know, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, need to, I need to give people the grace to not like games. Now, right. um, I do believe, as we talked about earlier in this podcast, If we're looking at a larger issue of playfulness, uh, I I do feel like playfulness is an essential essential part of life, no matter who we are. And we all need to find ways to express that playfulness and and um, part of who God made us to be. And and for a lot of people that can be in the form of games, uh, board games, or it could be games defined in in a much broader sense, you know, games of just um, being silly or pretending or doing silly dances or um, doing a skit about, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Ebenezer Scrooge and Marley or, or, um, you know, we, I mean, I we can be broadly defined, but, but That's it's, it's really unfair to say, essentially I'm saying you have to be like me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that really spoke to me. It, it's, there's nothing attractive in that. There's nothing fair to the mm-hmm. other person in that. Cause I wouldn't want to be treated that way. Um,
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, then I, then you bring in guilt or shame or something. And, um, yeah, it, it, nothing wrong with not liking board games. In fact, exactly, exactly. And so we've not got the other friends person that, re- yeah, we've got some go friends ahead, that when they get together, they just want to chit chat. They want to chew the fat. And yeah, yeah. I like that for a bit, but because of my own wiring it for a while, I get fidgety and yeah. I'll end up cleaning up the kitchen because I, I need to do something. I'd rather be yeah. playing a game. Yeah. So yeah. I like to chit chat and chew the fat and, and, just sort of have a meandering conversation for a bit but i i'm focused in a way that they're not like it, it's not it's not right or wrong it's just different they yeah. that's yeah. their safe space right is is sort of a unboundary flowing spending time with others yeah. i for whatever reason like more boundary like we're going to do this yeah and, I, I, and recognizing that as a basic element, which I think is to your point, why some people don't like board games—they do need play. I totally agree with that. Everyone needs play in their life, but it may be a board game is not the right kind of play. Right, right.
0: And as you, I mean, recognizing how you're right the, your your own boundaries and their own boundaries—and like you said, you, you know, you may not be wired in this way of sitting around and talking about, it. and that's fine. And they and they may be wired in the way of sitting around and talking, and that's fine. You know, one isn't better than the other. It's just how we're how we're mm-hmm. wired. You know, it it reminds me also of 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 a conversation that I think religious communities have have always had. Uh, many religious communities. I realize this isn't quite as this is more a part of some religious traditions than others. But you know, the conversation of how do we make our religion, whatever it is, uh, attractive to other people? You know, and and I think it, it, in the Christian circles, this is maybe talk about issues of evangelism. You know, but that's it. That's a specifically. A Christian word, but it's it's a question that you know a lot of religious traditions talk about is how do how can we make our religion attractive to other people or proselytizing is maybe a negative way of talking about it, but you know I I think and and our listeners might feel differently and that's fine and please feel free to say if you disagree I want to hear it and you might think differently too Kevin, but I think sometimes you know it's an issue of you know what ultimately is more attractive to a person is it saying. You really have to be like me, ultimately, mm-hmm. for this to work. Or is it saying, you know what? You're not like me, and I love you for it. You know, and, and you're, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think in my mind, ultimately, what's more attractive is that second option. You know, if, if someone because, right. you know, if I, if I flip around, if I flip it around, I think about if someone comes to me and says, if, it gives me those two options. If someone says to me, you got to be like me, Daniel. Or if someone comes to me and says, you know, Daniel, you don't have to be like me, and you're awesome just the way you are. I would find that second option much more attractive and I'd be much more interested in that person's life and their and their world view and things like that, you know. And so sure. um, I, I think the same is true. That conversation we have in religious tradition sometimes I think also applies to board games. You know, I I would be much more interested in a board gamer. Who is who lets me be me than a board gamer who says you got you have right. to be. You don't be yourself, you know, be like me. That that would just yeah, turn me I mean, off.
1: No, I, I totally agree with you, and that is absolutely where I fall. I would create a space for there is a place to invite people to say, "Hey, why don't you try this game with me? See what you think." Or, "Hey, yeah, if yeah. you're a, if 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 you don't have a church back place to worship." come visit our church and see yeah. see yeah. how it, see if it works for you but you have got to give space for someone to say no in the moment or also down the road to say this isn't for me and, and again some yeah. people people are just never going to they're just not religious and I don't think they're ever yeah. going to be yeah. and that some yeah. people may yeah. disagree with me but you're never going to get 100% of people even if they're all even if they're all the same religion not all of them's going to go to the same house of worship it's just not going to happen. Right, you're right. always going to have 10% that are going to stay home and mow the grass. And maybe yeah. that's like the 10% that don't like board games in terms of play. Yeah. They're just not going to go for it.
0: Now, I'm I'm with you. I, I think you're right. I love that idea of, always. you know, how can we still be invitational in a way that's not, as Z. Garcia said, Borg-like. You know, saying, like, you have to yes, conform to me. You must do this. Yeah, right. yeah. And you're right. I, th- I think in terms of religious religiosity, I think you're right as well. Like, people some folks just aren't going to be, aren't going to find institutional religion of any sort kind of appealing because of whatever reason, context or background or how or how they're wired. I do think um, I kind of kind of kind of um, contrast of what we we're saying earlier with like games and play, you know, play may be an important part of everybody's life, but not, not games. I do. I have sometimes this conversation with some some dear folks in my life. You know, I, I do think broadly defined, and I may be wrong, in. Kevin, feel free to disagree with me, too. You know, I broadly defined, if we see kind of the religious impulses, like, how am I connected, you know, to the universe, to other people, to, you know, mm-hmm. to the I, I think I think, you know, that may be a part of of we're all kind of trying to seek how we're connected, you know, in ways. But 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 you're right. I mean, I, I don't I think for some people, they're not going to find that ever in institutional in the institutions right. like like, you know, like we might say. If that makes sense. I don't, I, you know, an institutional religion
1: or no, it makes sense. And, that makes, and I wonder maybe at maybe times that if it's even yeah. larger that some people just can't be religious, but I'm not sure. But yeah, but yeah. One, one essay yeah. I read, it was in yeah. sort of philosophy and religion was being religious is almost like having a certain artistic taste. And, and so the example mm. the guy I gave yeah. is of a, of a garden that seems to be abandoned and two people view the garden very differently. One of them believes this the, a gardener is coming at night and, and making it better, and the other one doesn't see that. And he's comparing that mm-hmm. to a religious and non-religious viewpoint, that some people just are never going to see, see things that others see, and it's almost like an aesthetic sensibility.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And I never thought of it that way, but I think there's a lot of truth. Some people just can never get modern art, and other people yep. love it. And religion's probably more like appreciating—it's a worldview, obviously, but it's also a certain appreciation of a certain type of thinking and being that maybe some people just don't have.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. I mean, religion's at the core of all human history and society. It, it goes back to our early, earliest days. We find evidence of religion. It's always been there. But I guess I wonder if there's always been 10% that just kind of moved rocks or— <laughs> Back in that thinking of like cave dwellers. they <laughs> just like, I'm just gonna move these rocks. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna offer animal sacrifices. Like they just never got it. So I don't know. We've gotten real philosophical. What, but these are great oh I I'd love to
0: yeah, well, this is a great conversation. I'd love to keep having it. But you're right. I know we've, we've kind of come. Yeah, up to no, kind of I, I know I've
1: gotten off track, but it does. Make, I have sort of thought, like, as you said, there are some people just never going to be institutional religion folks. And there are people that will switch. There are some people that were and weren't or weren't and were. There's always room to move. But I also wonder if there's some people that just simply just don't get religion. Right. Like I guess what I. Works
0: for yeah. What I wonder is and I may be, I may be wrong on it, uh, you know, just as. As 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 play is an important part of everyone's life, whether it's interpreted through games or not. Whether there is something in, that, is, that is universal to everybody—that's all about connectedness, that sense of connection. Yeah, that interconnection to yeah. life, to the world around you, to people. That Probably. those of us in, in institutional religions might say, "Ah, oh, that's the religious impulse." they may not call it that but whether that's still a universal impulse in everyone just trying to think how how am yeah. I connected to
1: things you know that's probably I don't a, know that's I think that's a debate that's probably unanswerable but yes yeah, that there is some yeah. kind of religious consciousness within us all um, yeah but what, what we can all agree on is that Ark Nova is awesome Ark Nova is awesome and animals are awesome
2: but animals do,
1: with lasers are even better even better in space that's Even right. <laughs> we need space whales with lasers. Oh, yeah. Well, so, well, yeah, go ahead.
0: No. No, 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 I should you know, Adrian Adamescu, when he was our guest, he's making that game on flying whales. That might be the,
1: exactly.
0: that might be what we're talking
1: about. Space whales. Dude's got some sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He likes stained glass churches and space whales. Space Everything whales. I want. Space whales. Space whales. So I'm all for yeah, space but number back to back to this idea. That the Rodney Smith commented another great moment in the video. He says, "I come to this table as a flawed human being,"
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: and so that self awareness, which is, I think, can be both religious and. Non religious in terms of approaching a game. I mean, it applies to religion or just being at a board, tape, board game table. We're all flawed human beings and we just have to be honest about who we are and and the things we want, but also that we may not get them. Yeah. Like, yeah. I really wish I was playing Twilight Imperium now, but I'm not. So we're going to play this I'm game. S- instead. I'm sorry. I know. I know. I, know. <laughs> I could try to be pretend to be
0: a, a space whale. If,
2: That'd be awesome.
0: That was my space <laughs> whale in sound. space, was, now I can hear It, it sounded ears. like
1: a, a, a beagle. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> space beagle. Mute space beagles. Well, and you had
0: that... Do you want to share... I know you had a, a quote kind of related to that idea that Rodney Smith talked about, that we come
1: as flawed human beings from... from um, the, yeah, the 13th century mystic. I know or, we need yeah. to close on the episode, but yeah, yeah, this this 13th century German mystic poet who wasn't actually a nun. Interestingly, I was looking her up again. She was in like okay. a lay religious group, so you think of her as a nun, but she wasn't one of the official nuns of the Middle Ages. But Mechthild of Magdeburg, Magdeburg German mystic poet, made the comment: "We should clothe ourselves with ourselves," which is a way of saying. We need to be honest about who we are, our shortcomings and failings and flaws, and we should put those on the outside Yeah, so that we're that's radically so honest. So I think that's another way. It is so great. I love, I love the imagery because yeah. instead we clothe ourselves with trying to impress people or yeah. trying to be what people want us to be or the person we want to be instead of just being ourselves.
2: Yeah. And so yeah.
1: Rodney Smith really, you know gets on to that with just admitting that we're all flawed human beings and that's where we start at this table of life. The table of life. That would make a great game. That would
2: be a great game. The table of life.
0: The table of life. Yeah. I'd kickstart it. (laughs) We'll get a coffee in 2025. Wave three. (laughs) But I got to make sure that to pay to be in in the first wave of the... (laughs) Exactly. the,
1: The, The comment of the video, I never, this is really dark, I never thought of this, but... You know, if you kickstart a lot of things and then you were to randomly die and let's say you're married, your spouse then two years later gets all these kickstarted games (laughs) delivered to your house. It's
2: like, oh, no, I never thought of that.
1: Right, right. That's true. And then they're like, what am I going to do with – like they've already cleaned out your closet and now they're still getting your stuff. Like that's pretty depressing. Yeah. That's great. That's great. That's true. No, that's a great quote. Yes. Next week.
0: Next episode – In two weeks, yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to? Two weeks. You want to let our folks know, Kevin, or I can. I can. You do it. Well, yes. Because I forgot to
1: put in the notes.
0: (laughs) That's fine. You. um, So listeners, listeners to this episode may have um, noticed that we are not talking about what we said we talk about originally, which was um, we were going to be welcoming back Ali Karar who is a fantastic friend of this podcast uh, to talk about uh, Muslim representation in board games and also Jesus and Islam. Um, And through uh, circumstances outside of everyone's control, um, uh, Ali was not able to be with us this episode. uh, Not his fault. uh, But uh, he will be joining us next episode. So next episode, we will be having the joy of welcoming back our first return guest. um, And he was our very first guest, Ali Karar. Um, uh, um, Karar2K on, on YouTube, a board game reviewer, mm-hmm. um, to talk about Muslim repre- representation in board games and also the role of Jesus in Islam. Should be a great time. It'd just be great to welcome Ali back. and um, Yes. And um,
1: we, we hope that you can join us next time. That's right. Until then. Yeah. what And then in the meantime, to- yeah, how
0: can folks connect with us, Kevin?
1: Yeah, boardgamefaith.com. And they can find us on Instagram. We've got a pretty good group rocking along there, so that's Board Game Faith on Instagram. Discord, there's a link below if you want to directly interact with us. That's a great way to to give us some show ideas or responses or thoughts. So we just appreciate hearing from you all. Yep. Yeah. You could email us at info at boardgamefaith.com as well. Info at mm-hmm. boardgamefaith.com.
0: And we do have a newsletter if you want to Stay in the, the loop. We'd newsletter. love to have you join us in our newsletter. Just follow our link tree in any of our social media, and uh, that will take you to a place where you can sign up for the newsletter. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right.
1: Well, I can't say Merry Christmas because we're going to get together next week. But happy holidays, and I'll see you, and we'll see you all in the listeners. in t- Well, I guess it will be more than two. Wait, because it's next week that we talk to Ali, right? Oh, and you're I mean, right. I to, I'll cut a lot of this out.
0: At some point, so at some point, you'll be hearing from us. We'll see you
1: in the coming. We'll, we'll probably not see you, but you'll hear us in 10 days. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something like that. Tune in so, on your radio Yeah. to not see us. Kevin. Don't see me. Don't yeah, at, at
0: me. some point, you'll hear from us. We're, we're Thank you for your patience, <laughs> listeners, uh, as we navigate the holidays. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, Kevin, great uh, hanging out with you. And listeners, uh, those of you who are, who are listening, thank you so much for spending a uh, little bit of your day with us. It is. It's. It's a. It's an honor. A joy. We. We can't tell you how thankful we are for each of you, and you're an important part of this board game faith family. And we hope that right. you your fa- your life is, uh, and the weeks to come are filled with a lot of joy and love. And we're glad you're in the world. That's right. That's right.
2: Okay. Bye bye, Daniel.
0: Bye, Kevin. Thanks. Bye bye.